of Hashem, we are learning about the Kaman of Samach Zayin. We left off on the Samach Zayin, a medallah, five lines from the top of the Amid. We are in the middle of the sugya of whether Yish is Kaina or not. In other words, when a person is either a Ganef or a Gazlan, a thief or a robber, who wrongfully took an article from its rightful owner, after they stole it, if the rightful owner despairs of ever getting it back, the rightful owner has Yish. So Rabba was of the opinion that since there is Yish, the Ganef acquired that actual article. It goes without saying that the Ganef has to give back its value and pay the penalties. However, the article itself is acquired by the Ganef. Rabbi Yosef is of the opinion that Yish by Geneva will not allow the Ganef or the Gazlan to acquire it. However, the Gemara said that that is only when there was only Yish. But if aside of the owner having Yish, there is also what's called a Shinoi Hashem, the name of the article underwent a change. For example, if a Ganef stole what's called a Mashka, a piece of hide, and now it's designated to be used as a tray, so it's called a Abarzin, since if there is Yish, now that the article is also called by Abarzin, even Abyesev will be Maida, that the, the Ganef acquired the actual tray or hide itself. However, the Gemara said, that's only if the Shinri Hashem is a non-reversible Shinri Hashem. As in our example, once a hide is called a tray, it's always going to be called a tray. Once a mashka is called an abarzin, it never goes back to be called a mashka. However, in the case of a person stealing, let's say, a crossbeam that is called an aramish, a keshura, if the person built it into a ceiling, a ceiling is called a tulala. If you take the ceiling apart, then the crossbeam will go back to be called a keshura. And there, even if there's yush and there is this temporary shinri Hashem, Again, according to Rabbi Yosef, the Ganef will not acquire it. It just happens to be because of what we call Takana Sashavim, the Chachanim allowed the Ganef to leave it in his home and only give back its value. That's where we're up to. Again, Samach Zayin, five lines from the top of the Amit. Asks the Gemara, according to Rabbi Yosef, a non-reversible change of name. As we mentioned in the case of the Mashka and the Abarzin, me have a shinoi. Does Rabbi Yisib hold that that, exchange, that is a valid change? And in the case of Geneva, the Ganef or the Gazlan will now own it? It can be Vaharei asks the Gemara from the dinim of Mikvois. And may this be a sugula for us to successfully build our Mikvah. What's the din of a Mikvah? That a Mikvah has to be made originating with 40 sa'a of waters that are not Mayim Shu'uvim. The original minimum amount of rainwaters cannot be gathered in the mikvah by having it first put into what is halachically called a utensil. In other words, if you put it in a keli, if you put it in a utensil, in a bucket, and you put it into the mikvah, then the waters of the mikvah are not kosher. There's a big machloikis, as we'll see in a moment in Rishonim, whether the disqualification of Mayim Shu'uvim is Midairaisa or Midrabanan, but be that as it may, it's completely disqualified, even if it's only Midrabanan. However, once you already have gathered the original 40 saw of rainwater in a halachically kosher way, they're naturally gathered, they're not Mayim Shu'uvim, 
Now if you add water that was gathered in a keli, it will not disqualify the mikvah. And now we're going to have dinam of what were to happen if you had almost the right amount, you had 40 saw of mayim shovim, but it was missing three lug. So the din is, ah, it's missing three lug. If you put in it gathered mayim shovim, that's it, You're, you disqualify the mikvah. What, okay, what's considered mayim shovim? Waters that were put in a halachic utensil before they are in the mikvah. So we're speaking now about a tzinoid. A tzinoid means a pipe. Pipes then, the pipes that we are speaking about are wooden pipes. So you have a block of wood. A block of wood without a receptacle, without a base kibble, is not considered halachically a keli. And then people will hollow out the pipe and turn it into a halachic utensil. So says the Gemara of Hadeid, when it comes to a pipe, the me'ikara, we're speaking about the wooden pipe originally, is called a kitsitsta. It's called a block of wood. And when you make a change in it by hollowing it out, it's called a tzinoira. We learned in Abraisa that that if a person first created the pipe by hollowing out the blocked wood, and after you hollowed out the pipe, you attached the pipe to the ground, and now water goes through this pipe and it goes into the mikvah. Now people think, one second, if something is connected to the ground, it doesn't have a din of a keli. It has a din of karka. Karka is not a keli. However, the halachi is, since this was made into a pipe before you connected it to the ground, even though now it's connected to the ground, it never loses its status of a keli. And if the three lugim of water go into the mikvah, a mikvah that has 40 saw minus 3 lug. So you have 40 lug, but you filled it up at the end with 3 lug of mayim shuvim, the mikvah's puzzle, paisalasa mikvah. Now let's contrast this with a person first kiva'i. If a person takes the block of wood and you connect it to the ground, after you connected it to the ground, now you hollow it out. Since it was only made into a keli, while it was already connected to the ground, so it's always considered ground, we don't view the person as hollowing out a pipe, we look at it as if the person hollowed out the ground. You, what matters is that the water cannot be gathered in a keli. And again, we look at it as if you hollowed out ground, Rashi says. Hollowing out ground, making a ditch in the ground, and having water go from place A into the mikvah is 100% good. You didn't go into a keli, it went on the ground. Ain't a price of Lassamik. End of Braisa. By the way, this is very important. Many people think that, uh, yeah, at least for a man, if you have, you know, these prefab swimming pools and it's connected to the ground and the water goes into it, it's a good mikvah. It's connected to the ground. The answer is absolutely not. If something was a prefab, like here, the whole swimming pool, was disconnected before you connected it, and it was already a keli, even though now it's connected to the ground, it's considered a keli. And going to the mikveh in a keli is, is less than going to a shower. It's mamish zero. That's different than people who build a swimming pool in the ground, you know, with tiles. So it was never a keli. It only became a keli while it's connected to the ground. That's called a proper mikveh. We're not speaking about a woman who's going to the mikvah. There you have other dinim. But at least for a man, 
you understand, a swimming pool that was never a keli before it became the swimming pool. You know, the water, many people say you have to shut the filter off. You don't want to have the waters flowing out. But then it will be good at least for a man to use it as a mikvah. But coming back over here, ve'i'omart, and if we're going to go with this concept, that shinoi hashem milsehi, that according to Rabbi Yisav, a non-reversible name change is considered something in the context of whether the ganef is kainah it, it affects a king in, in other words, it affects something. So asks the Gemara, afilu kvai ulubasayv chakakai, even in the latter case in the Braisa, where first you connected the block of wood, and now you carved it out, now that you carved it out, people call it a pipe. So if it underwent a name change, so namely puzzle, it should be puzzle, even though you did it in that order, answers the Gemarim, Shani, Shi'iva, Dimedrabbanani. And here you see a source from many of the Rishonim that learn that the whole din that Mayim Shu'uvim, Paisal HaSamikvah, Midrabbanan is from these words. That since Mayim Shu'uvim is Midrabbanan, so there they were lenient, that even though there is taka a new name to the block of wood, now it's called the Tzinoir, Nevertheless, since you only made it after you connected it to the ground, it's not going to apostle the mikvah. By the way, many other Rishonim say that Mayim Shu'uvim is Midairaisa. Having a mikvah filled with, with water that was first gathered in a utensil and then put into the mikvah is not good Midairaisa. When the Gemara says, Shani Shi'ivim Dibad Rabbanani, here we're speaking about a person who had the 40 saw minus 3 lug properly gathered. Not Mayim Shu'uvim. The problem is, is that the, the ending of the 40 saw was three lug of mayim shu'uvim. And we're saying that even if you add more mayim that are naturally gathered, it's never going to be good. Only that is absolutely the Rabbanim. And really, mayim shu'uvim is midar aisa. But the fact that the last three lug came in through mayim shu'uvim, and now the din is you can't fix the mikvah, don't just add another three, three good lug. It's not good. That's midar Be that as it may, this din is for sure din midar And that's why they were lenient. So the Gemara says, so be more lenient. Even in the case of the Reisha, where first you hollowed it out. And then you connected it to the ground. Why don't you say, that's, well, you connected it to the ground now. Now it's mechubar lakarka. Now it's not a keili. So the Gemara says, well, we don't go that far. Since before you connected it to the ground, it was called a keli. So the Chachamim did not say that even though you connected it to the ground, it's going to be good. No. However, the last case of the Braisa, you connected it to the ground before it became a keli. When it was still a kitzitzta, when it was still a block of wood. Now you made a shinui Hashem, for that we can be lenient. But the kids are, Rabbi Yosef is standing. Now we're going back, the Gemara is going back, not to challenge the case of Yush and Shinoi Hashem. Now we're going back to the original Machloikas, as we mentioned. Rabbi holds that Yush is Kainim. Rabbi Yosef holds that if a Ganef or a Gazlan steals an article, even if the owner gives up hope, they despair. If the article is Be'en, you have to give that article back to the owner because Yush does not allow the Ganef or the Gazlan to acquire it. So against that, Ashita asks the Gemara Meisvei, again from Abraisa, it says, If you have a thief, or if you have a robber, an anos means a expropriator, and anos is what we learned a few days ago, what we call an achamson. Then we touched chamson, a, 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 a person who forces someone else to sell what they own, against their will, they pay them the money. You know? So A goes into the house of B, and A takes B's, uh, takes his car, 
and he leaves money on the table, but we never wanted to sell it. That's another form of theft, which is called a anos. So in all of these cases, if after they stole whatever it is that they stole, and they were magdishit, we're not speaking about them taking an animal and declaring that animal a carbon oil, that will not work. That carbon will not be valid as we learned yesterday and as we learned today. But they gave it up to the base on Mikdash. They gave a donation. So the din is that it's, it's valid. Hegdesh and Hegdesh, if they're Magdish, all or some of what they stole, it's Mikudeshes. If they stole produce and then they separate Truma, Trumas and Truma, Umasreis and Maisar, let's never forget that I can never take something that's yours and give it to Hegdesh. I can never, without me being appointed a Shliach, separate your Trumas from Maisres. I can only do it on mine. So the very fact that the Braisa says that a Ganeth or a Gazlan or an Anos that their Hegdish is valid, their Truma is Truma, their Maiser is Maiser, proves that they acquired it. Now obviously, everyone is Maida. If the original owner did not have Yush, they will not acquire it. So Rabbi will understand that this Braith is speaking about a case that there's Yush. But according to Rabbi Yosef, Yush doesn't help. So how can the Hegdish be effective? How can the Truma and the Maiser be valid? Amre, they answered, ah, Hasam Ikashina Hashem. Let's go back. Rabbi Yosef is Maida that when there is both Yush and there is a name change, now the Ganav does acquire it. Where is there a name change? So here the Gemara is giving a Gavaldik Echidish. They may cut a Tivla before the Ganav separated the Trumas from Maestres from the produce that he stole. The produce was not yet tithed. It's called Tevel. And now it's called Truma. Likewise, by the Hegdish, Mi'ikara, originally, whatever it is that he stole was called Chulin. And now it's called Hegdish. Now, Hever Halkap, when did it undergo the change? It only undergoes the change if his Hegdish is valid. But how can his Hegdish be valid? It's like a catch-22. So here we have, again, we learned this a lot in Gitten. We have a concept that Ashba says it clearly here. You know, by Gitten, we learned the concept of Gitoi v'yadaboim ka'achas. You know, a man is divorcing his wife. For the get to be valid, she has to receive it. But since the hand of the wife halachically is an extension of the hand of a husband, so how does it get valid? Remember that? Or by a, a man has a slave. You're freeing your slave. You're emancipating your slave. For me to emancipate my slave, I have to put the document of emancipation in his domain. But his domain is my domain. So how does he get freed? So the answer is that there are certain times in halacha where the cause and the effect happen at the same time. Since the man is emancipating his slave, if he'll become emancipated, then he'll reacquire his own hand. So we say that his document of emancipation and his hand come together. Here also we're going to say this Chiddush, that since if the Hegdish will work, the Hegdish will have a different name. And if it has another name, then that with Yush will allow the Ganav to acquire it. So we say that the Hegdish, the, you know, the Shina Hashem, and the Hegdish come at the same time. Now, Pichasidus, this is a very deep concept. Because cause and effect demands for the cause to be before the effect. But that's only when you live in the realm of time. Time is a creation. Then cause and effect happen at the same time. So there is a conceptual cause and effect, but it doesn't have to actually happen one before the other. And therefore, since Torah comes from Hashem, which is we find sometimes in Torah scenarios where this gets revealed bisman. And that's the dinam of two things that are boim ka'achas. Continues the Gemara. First wide line. Omar 
Rav Chizda Oma Rav Yenison. Minayin Lishinu Shehul Kainem. If you remember in Daf Samach Vav, before the Gemara recorded the Machloikas Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef, Rabbah began with Azaab Shita. That Shinui for sure is Kainem. Remember that? And he says it both, we know that from Sukkim, and, and we know it from, from Tanoim. So says the Gemara, where do we know it from? And we're bringing the same Pasuk that Rabbah brought in the last Dav, Shinemar, because it says at the end of Parshas Vayikra, the Heshev we're speaking there about a robber. The robber has a positive mitzvah to return that which he or she stole. And the trader doesn't just say return the gazela. The trader adds the words asher gozel. So the question is, asher gozel. Why did the trader have to add the words return the stolen article that he stole? Yeah, of course. Return the stolen article. We know that it's stolen, that you stole it. To teach you, if it is now the way it was when you stole it, if it did not undergo a change, then you have to return that article itself. But if it, went to, if it underwent a shino, it's not the same. Then you have to give back its value. By a gazlon. By a ganef. Not only do you have to give back its value, you got to add another value. Kefal. But you don't, the article itself, you don't have to return. Asks the Gemara, how can you learn it from the words, Asher Gazal, Hi, Asher Gazal Mibayale. We need those words to teach you, Lima'ute Gezel Aviv, that if a person had a father who stole, and the father who stole swore falsely that he didn't swear, then the father was Moida that he did steal. So what's the din by a Gazlon that swears and then admits that's the din? You have to give back the Keren, the Chaymish, and the Karbanashim. Before the father returned anything, the father died. What is the son obligated to return? So we learn from the extra words, Asher Gazal, that the son, He doesn't have to add the fifth. No, you only have to return the theft that, that, he, that that person stole. If I'm returning something that my father stole, I only have to give back the article, but not more than that. Not the Chaymish, and not the Karbanashim. So it's needed for that. And says the Gemara, and if that is the only thing we would have learned from the Pasik, Hashem could have written, the Rachmana, the merciful one, could have written, He shall return what he has stolen. But it doesn't say that he should return what he has stolen. It says the stolen article that he stole. But the word Gezel is written twice. Very good. Other people have the version. That Amar Huh. Amazing. How do you know that Shinoi does not allow you to acquire it? Right? We didn't, ha- we didn't have this before. And Daf Samachvav, we only had a machlekes regarding Yush. Yush, yeah, kaina, Yush, not kaina. But Shinoi was kaina. Now we're recording an opinion that says that how do you know that Shinoi, at least in itself, is not kaina? Shinoi, because it says, and from the words, it means, Mikol Makaim. No, whether or not it's the same or not, you always have to, re- if it's here in the world, you changed it, some of it is here, give it back. I ask the Gemara Bhaksiv Asher Gazal, Fakir, these words imply only if it's the same. So here the answer is, Ahu, mi al aviv. We use the Asher Gazal only to be Mamayit, Chaymish for Gazal Aviv, and from Veheshev, Sagzela, Adarabah, here this Amaira holds. Mikal Nakaim, you stole it, you changed it a lot or a little. If it's some of it is here, give back that article to the original owner.
Who does Ula's opinion sound like? Ula sounds like Rabbi Yosef. He holds Yush is not Kaina, and Ula wants to know, how do I know it from? So it is a very important Taisvis. If you can look in the last Taisvis in the Amid, it goes on Samach Zayin, it goes into Samach Zayin Amid Beis. And Taisvis quotes here, Shitas Rabbeinu Tam, that proves that Ula normally holds like Rabbo. By Aganaf. If Aganaf steals and the owner then has Yush, the Ganaf is Kaina. Ula is only speaking about a carbon, which means if a person steals an animal and the, per- and the owner has use, and now the Ganav takes that animal and he says, not Hegdish, he's saying this animal is a carbon. Kedusha Saguf. Here, Ula holds there is a unique din that it will not work. And there's a Rashi both in Mesech the Gitin and in Mesech the Sukkah that explain Ula Shita the way Rabbeinu Tam does. The Ri says otherwise. The Ri holds Kipshutai, that Ula holds like Rabbi Yosef. But anyways, we're going to learn the Gemara Kishitas Rabbeinu Tam. So Ula says, how do you know that by Karbanois, Yush is not Kaina? So he quotes a Pasuk in Malachi, Shanemar, Vahavesem Gazel. That the Prophet is saying, and you will, if you will bring something that's stolen, or Esapiseach, an animal that's lame, or a Chayla, an animal that's sick, etc., etc., so the Pasek concludes, In other words, Hashem says, Shall I accept it from your hands? I won't. So says the Gemara, says Ula, the fact that the Prophet put together these three disqualifications, they are similar. Gazul, piseyach. Piseyach means an animal that's lame. To tell you, Ma piseyach, a lame animal, lameness is something that doesn't have a remedy. Yeah, of course, today, faced with technology, the point is, Piseach is a permanent blemish. So we put the word Gazel with the word, with the disqualification of Piseach. To teach you, Av Gazel is halachically the Leislaytakanta. There is no remedy. In other words, If that animal is a stolen animal, you can't fix it. God never wants to have this animal offered as a carbon. Again, Lashitas Rabbeinu Tam, Yush is Kainam. Never, in other words, now it belongs to the Ganath. Doesn't matter. Since it came from theft, Hashem never wants it as a carbon. Rav Amar, Mahacha. I will show you that by Karbanois, Yush is not Kaina from the following Braisa. We had this Braisa yesterday. The Braisa uses, says, takes the word Karbanoi, that's Mamish in the beginning of Chumash Vayikra, Im Oilo Karbanoi, his carbon. So the Braisa says, Vulay Hagazel. And as we had yesterday, the Havamina is that we're speaking about a Ganev who stole an animal that's not consecrated. Then the owner had Yush. We'll see in a moment. And now the Ganev says, I want this to be my carbon oil. And on this, the Torah says, Hashem doesn't want it. It has to be yours. Now, Amos, exactly when did the Ganev consecrate the stolen animal? Then Avada, it's not going to be good. Pshit, Olamalikra. How can I be Magdash, your animal? We don't need the traitor to say that it doesn't work. El Olav, that no, that he was Magdash at Lacha Yush. If Yush is Kaina, then it, then it belongs to the Ghana. If it belongs to the Ghana, then why would it not be good? So Shmami no, again, Rabbeinu Tam, that for Karbonais, Yush, Loikani, Shmami no. It just happens to be that when we brought this Braisa yesterday, the Gemara later brought another Braisa, speaking about Tumas Mishkov by Zov. And we proved that the case of this Braisa doesn't necessarily speak about 
a ganef who stole an unconsecrated animal. As the Gemara Amar, Ravah was the one yesterday that explained the Gazal Karben the Chavre, that the Brais is speaking about a case, there's Reuven and Shimon. Reuven owns the animal. Reuven said, this animal is my carbon oil. Shimon stole that animal. That's already a carbon. And Shimon offered it. So the Brais is telling you a Chiddush that it doesn't work for Shimon as Abadanat. It's not his. That you might have thought Reuven got his mitzvah. Because Reuven's carbon oil was offered. So the Torah is telling you, no, 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 since the Ganev brought it, it doesn't work. So it has nothing to do with the case of Yush. And Rava was the one that interpreted the Braisa that way. So first of all, the Gemara says, So one approaches, that's how Rava initially understood the Braisa. Because he also had another Braisa again of the Mishkava, as we learned yesterday. And now Rava changed his mind and he understands that this Braisa is speaking about a Ganef who stole an unconsecrated animal. Here the Gemara tells you something very important. That Chadminayu Rav Papa Amra. It's good to know these things. Rav Papa was a Talmud of Rava. And therefore, whenever Rav Papa said something, you know what everyone thought? Whatever he's saying? Shitas Rava. Now we don't know which statement was made by Rav Papa, which statement was made by Rava. Basically there's a Braisa. And Rava learned it one time like this and one time like that. The Gemara says Rava didn't change his mind. Rava only learned the Braisa one way. Rav Papa learned the Braisa another way. But when people heard Rav Papa interpret the Braisa that other way, they never even quoted Rav Papa said. They said right away, Rava said. And that's a great thing. A Talmud of a Rav should always teach Taitas Rabbi. You know, when today you hear a Lubavitcher say Advar Taita, it should be a Pshita, that's the Rebbe's Vart. But it's not, but it wasn't. Just we don't know who said what. So don't contradict Rav on himself. One was Rav one was Rav Papa. Continues the Gemara. Now we're going back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah taught that in as much as when it comes to Geneva and there's a punishment of paying Kefal, the, the punishment of Kefal, which is mentioned in the Torah regarding livestock, Chayim doesn't only mean livestock, as we learned at Sariboy, anything that's metaltalin. The Gufay Mamain is something for which a person who, God forbid, steals, has to pay back Kefal. But Tashlume Abrava Chamisha. When the trader speaks about a man stealing an ox or a lamb, and then they slaughter it, or then they shecht it, and they have to give back four or five times the amount, the Mishnah says that's only by the ox, by the ox and the lamb. And Alamah, we just spoke out that lamb doesn't have to mean lamb. Lamb can also mean a goat. Because even though the trader uses the word seh, seh many times would have the meaning of tzoyin, which means both sheep and goats. But it's only in this animal type, and not in any other animal, and not in any other item. That's what the Mishnah said. Okay. Why? Really, this is all based on a pasuk and parshas mishpatim. Perek chof alev pasuk lamed zayin. It says ki yignoiv ish shoyr oisem utevachai oy mecharai. So it says chamisha bakar yishalom tachas hashoyr varbat zayin. Asks the Gemara, Nelef, Shoir, Shoir, Mishabes. If you remember, and that Nun Dalid, Amid Beis, we spoke out there, you know, what the Gemara called Dibrois Rishoines and Dibrois Achroines. In the Gemara, we're not speaking about the tablets, because the tablets themselves were two. Moshe Rabbeinu came down the first time, and unfortunately, they were broken. 
And then Moshe Rabbeinu came down Yom Kippur with a second set of tablets. On Daf Nun Beis, we are using these words regarding the, the Aseras Hadibras being recorded in the Torah twice. It's recorded in Parshas Yisrael, and we call that the Dibras Rishonis. It's recorded again in Parshas Voas Hanon. It's called the Dibras Achronis. They are not exactly the same. You know, we spoke out there are 17 words that are different. Toiv, that the Dibras Achronis, there are more words in the second time that Seres Adibras are recorded, including in the, in the, in the, in the Dibra of Shabbos. In the Dibras Rishonis, when Hashem is writing, don't do Malacha, not only not you, but you're really your slaves, your animals, the Torah uses more general words. In the Dibra Sachroinois, the Torah says, Loisase kol molacha, ken ato vincho vitecha, avdcha vamasecha, and there in the, in Vaschanan it says, Vishoircha, Vachamoircha, Vachol behemtecha. Now, exactly what animal of mine is not allowed to work on Shabbos? Not only my shoir, that's Mundala Domed Beis, none of them, Vachol behemtecha. None of my animals can work, meaning whatever I cannot do, they cannot do. Marshall, I cannot carry, my animals cannot carry. Now, they're not doing it on purpose, but I cannot allow them to carry. I cannot plow a field, my animals cannot plow a field. So there, the Torah uses the word shoyed, and it doesn't only mean shoyed, it means all animals. And we had Xayda Shavan Dafnun Daladamid Beis for other dinim that we learned from Shabbos, just like shoyed by Shabbos is all animals. So the same thing is in other dinim. Why don't we amplify the Gzeda Shavah to here? Even though the example the Torah gives here in Pasik Lamed Zayin is Kiignaiv Ish Shoyed Oiseh, why should it only mean a Shoyed Oiseh? Let it be all animals. Malahalan Chayva Oiv Chayitzabahem Afkan Chayva Oiv Chayitzabahem Yeah, what's your answer? Because? We learned on Dafnundal, we learned on Dafnundal Adam and Beis, we amplified that din to other dinim. We already had that Xayda Shavah. Look on Dafnundal Adam and Beis. Now, by the way, just important to point out, by Yashur, you have to pay back five times. By the say you have to pay back four times. Why five and four? And when the Gemara is asking over here, let us apply to other animals, yet which one would we apply to other animals? Five or four? The Gemara doesn't explain. But, you know, Chumash Rashi, the reason why you pay back five when you steal an ox is because an ox is used by its owner for work. So when Reuven stole the ox, he deprived the owner the ability to work. He made a greater damage. So for that you have to pay fivefold, if that will be the reason. So when the Gemara is asking, let us apply the din of four and five by other animals, four or five, well, if a Ganav stole an animal that the owner was using for work, pay five times. If the owner doesn't use it for work, pay four times. There's another logic. That it's not about why five for an ox, it's why only four for a lamb. Because since the Ganav needed to put the lamb on his shoulders, he schwitzed more. So great is work, that he's being penalized, but he gets off the hook. He only has to pay down four. So the same thing over here. If a person stole an animal, God forbid, but he needed to work to steal it, he should pay back four. But why don't we apply it to other cases? Omar Rava answers, Rava, that Omar Kra, because here, in Pasik Lamed Zayin, the Torah doesn't only mention Shoir and say once, the Torah mentions it twice. Omar Kra, Shoir Voseh, Shoir Voseh, Shnei Pamim. Ah, you repeated it twice, and we'll see soon which ones are extra, but since it's extra, that means Shoir Voseh in Midachin Eloi. That's why we don't apply the Gzeda Shava, because of the extra repetition, which means only the Shoir, only the Seh.
So when they heard the answer from Rava, the Talmidim opened up a Chumash. And for those people who have the Pasik clearly in their heads, they looked at the Pasik and they couldn't understand how is that, there's nothing extra here. Hai miyatar, which shoir and seh is extra? And the words are that kiyignoiv ish shoir oise utvachai kiyirve shoir oise utvachai oy mecharai and he slaughters it or he sells it. So the Torah says chamisho bakar yishalam tachas hashoir va'arba soin tachas haseh. Says the Gemara ilay mishoir vaseh the seifa if it is the latter word shoir vaseh. You know, the trader gives the case. You have to speak out the case. You got to write those words then. But then, when the passage concludes the penalty, the trader didn't have to repeat. How was that? The Gemara talks out the passage. Because the trader could have written. I want you to know, it's interesting. I don't know why. But the Gemara here doesn't write the word ish. In the Chumash, it says. It's out. And also, between the words. The Torah actually writes the words oy, mechare. Here we're writing u So the Torah, there, there is an Indian not to fully write a pasuk. You remember that? You have to make sirtut. You have to make proper indented lines when you write a pasuk from Torah Shabbat or you make a change. In any event, we're quoting generally the pasuk. So the Pasuk says, the Pasuk could have said, Chamisha Bakr Yishalom Tachtov. You see that? You, you could have written it that way. Tachtov. You didn't have to write Tachas Hashoid. You didn't have to write the words Tachas Haseh. Is that what you think? Is that what Rabba meant? So it's extra, it's not true, it's not extra. Because had the Pasuk be written like this, Havamina, I would have mistakenly said, Boi I would have said that if a person steals one ox, the trade is saying for that they are penalized and they have to pay back five oxen and four lambs. The trader wants to make it clear that for the ox you only pay the five oxen. For the lamb you only pay five lambs. So it is needed. Four lambs, thank you. Now, says the counters the Gemara of one second. Even without the word Shreyvaseh, the fact that the trader repeated the words Tachtov, Tachtov twice, and therefore Chatachtov Miyatar, so maybe just from the extra Tachtov, I already would have known that it's not nine. Says the Gemara, no, that wouldn't have worked. Because Ahu, the extra Tachtov, is Mibayle the Drasha it's needed for another Drasha. The Tayyid says in Abraisa, Yachal Ganav Shavamana. You might have thought that if a person who stole an ox, while the ox is worth a mana, a hundred dollars. Yishalim, Tachtov, Nigidin. You think he can get away by giving back five oxen, but they're about to die, Rashi Taichis Nigidin? But you can't give back. The trader doesn't give, a, it doesn't have to be exactly the same price, but it has to be more or less in the same category. So how do we know that you can't give back five dying oxen? You stole a healthy ox, give back a healthy ox, because it says Tachtov, Tachtov, two times. So Tachtov, Tachtov is already used. If the trader would not have repeated Shoyder said twice in the Seifa, I would have made the mistake to think that for every Geneva, either of a Shoyder or of a Seh, you have to give back nine, no matter which one. So the trader needed to repeat five for the ox and four for the lamb. So it's not extra. So, so what's going back? If it's not extra, then why do we make the Gzair Shava? So Ella, what Rava meant was the word Shoyed Oiseh in the Reisha of the Pasik, they are Mayuta, they are extra. How are they extra? Explains the Gemara. The Nichtev Rachmana, the Torah could have written, look at this. Ki ish, 
If a person steals, the Torah did not need to write the words, not shoyed or seh. And wait. And go right away to the words, utavachai. Again, as we said, it's really written, oi, mechorai. And then when the Pasik says the penalty, you would hop like the Sefer would be Megala Deresha. But even though you won't mention Shoid Vasem Deresha, when it says at the end, well, you gotta pay back five Bakar for the ox. Oh, so we hop that we're speaking about an ox. You have to pay back four Tsoin Tachazasem. And therefore the whole ex, the whole Resha would have been understood from the Sefer. Says the Gemara, that's also not correct. Because Ikas of Rahman Hafe had the Torah written the Pasik the way we just prescribed. Have mean I would have thought that you know when you have to pay these big penalties, at the gun of Trey Vitavahlo. Maybe when are you penalized only when you stole both a shoir and a se, that is when you are penalized. Says the Gemara, we wouldn't have made that mistake. Because the Torah says the words Utavachai. What does the word Utavachai mean? And you slaughtered it. I know in English, it, there's not so much Yachad and Rabim. But in Lashon Kaidish, Tuvachai, not Utuvacham, it's not Lashon Abim, it's Lashon Yachid. It's in the singular. So from the word is Utuvachai, you would know it's Lachad. So, ah, so that's good. So now it is extra. We would have known only one. The Gemara says, no, 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 it's still not good. Because Ve'ema at the Gon of Tavayu Mezabimahu. By Tvicha, the Torah says Lashon Yachid. But maybe you, you are also penalized if you, if you uh, sell it. Maybe you would think you're only chayv if you sell both of them. So the Gemara counters that that mistake you also would not make. Because the Torah says, Umecharoi. Not Umecharam. Again, it's not in the Lashon Rabim. It's in the Lashon Yachar. It's in the singular. Which means Lachad. So it is extra. Says the Gemara, no. The Eima had the Torah not said in the Reisha, Shoyed and Seh. I mistakenly would have said, Ad Gonaftrei. When will be the case when you're penalized by paying five or four? That's if you stole two, but you only shechted one. Or you stole two and you only sold one. But you have to steal two. So the Gemara counters that mistake. Wouldn't, you wouldn't have made that mistake. Because the trader says, here's the oi. Utuvachoi oi mecharoi. We're separating them. So the Gemara says, it's not true. Vakata havamina adagon of tarvayu. We're separating your act of tviha oy mechira. But we mistakenly would have thought that when are you chayv at the end, chamisha or arba, if you stole two, an ox and a lamb. And then you only shechted one and you left one for yourself, or you stole two, and you sold one and you left one. Only then are you chayv for the animal that you slaughtered or for the animal that you sold either five or four, but you only are going to be hive when you stole an ox and a lamb. So the trader did need to write in the Reisha, Shoir Oiseh. So it is not extra. So how is Rav saying it's extra? Answers the Gemara Ella. You know what's extra? The word ox in the Sefer is extra, and the word Seh in the Reisha is Miyater, is extra. How is that? Writes out the Gemara. The Nichlev Rachmana, the Torah could have written, Ki Yignoiv Ish Shoir. Look at this. Utuvachai Umacharai. If a person steals an axe, and either he shechts it or he sells it. Now, you don't have anything about a lamb, but one second. And then the Torah would continue. Chamisha Bakar Yishalam Tachtov. Five oxen you pay in its place. And here the word Tachtov will be clear. Because you began with an axe, and you're writing Chamisha Bakar Tachtov of the axe. 
And then the trader could have added If the safe of the Pasik now would have introduced Seh, it would have been Megala that this penalty of Arba is if you stole a Seh. Because it's not going to say Tachtov. Oh, the joke, a person was selling a lemonade and, and he, he wanted to make a banner and for every word you pay another dollar, he figured out how to put less words. Until he wrote nothing, because whatever was written is Meyutar. Here we're figuring out how Taka, you could have written the Pasik. You know, the flow wouldn't have been so great, but uh, we would have understood that there is a din both for Shoid and for Seh. So Shoid, the Seifa, the Sederesha, normally they're not needed. The Valdik, how Meduyik the Taita is. Even though it wouldn't have flown well, it wouldn't have flowed well, but uh, it would have been understood. So Shmami Noah, just finished, Shreid Vasein, Midachin Aloi. There is a Shreid and a Se extra, and it tells us not to use the Gzeda Shava from the Dibra Sachroinus, from Shreid Cha, and even Chayas Anoifas, that we do apply for other dinim, we do not apply it to Kefal. I mean, we do not apply to Arbava Hamisha. Arbava Hamisha, like it says in the Mishnah, is only by a Shoir or by a Seh. Yeah. It would, have been ext- it would have been extrapolated. And by the way, how many dinim of the Torah attacker learned that way? From an extra hay, from an extra this. Yeah. Right. Continues the Gemara quoting from the Mishnah that And we're going to learn that if a Ganev steals from another Ganev, the second Ganev doesn't have to pay the penalty of Kefal. There's a big machlik as we spoke about in the Mishnah. Some Achreinim say that the second Ganav doesn't have to pay anything. Let's go with the approach that the second Ganav also has to pay, but he doesn't pay the penalty of Kefal. And we spoke out in Nesivas two days ago. That explains that you, you cannot steal twice. Elama, there is two parts to a Geneva. The original owner owns the cup. It's Shaloi, belongs to me. And it's in my Rishus, it's Bereshusai. When Reuven steals it from me, before Yehush, before Ashinoi, Lukula Alma, it's still mine. What did the Ganav do? The Ganav took it out of my Rishus. And for that he's going to get penalized. Now, if a second Ganav takes it from the first Ganav, what exactly happened? The fact that this was not Bereshusai, it anyways was not Bereshusai. On the other hand, if I didn't have Yehush, it still belongs to me. When the second Ganav has it, it also still belongs to me. Chaps, no change happened, so therefore he doesn't have to pay kefal. That's why ain't hagoyin if achad haganav mishalom tashlumi kefal. Now Omar Rav now comes along Rav and he says, "Aminot loy shano." That is only correct. Elo lifnei yush. That's only if the second ganav stole it before the original owner had yush. Avola achad yush. In my case, I own this cup. Reuven stole it from me. If I have Yush, what's going to be the din? Really, we learned before Machloikas Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef. Rav clearly over here holds like Rabbah. That if I have Yush, now Reuven owns it. One second, if Reuven owns it and Shimon steals it from Reuven, then he has to pay, Shimon has to pay to Reuven Kefal. Because it belongs to Reuven. Now, obviously, Reuven is going to have to pay the Kefal to me also. Stay there. But the reason why Shimon doesn't pay to Reuven Kefal is, as we explained, because nothing happened. Here it did happen. If Yush is Kaina, so now Shimon is another Ganav. Kunai Ganav Rishon. After Yush, Reuven owns it. And the Ganav Shani, yes, 
Mishalem Tashlumi Kein Lagamafrishain. Gavaldik. That makes a lot of sense. Again, it makes a lot of sense based on our understanding that Rav will hold like Rabba. Says the Gemara, Omar Rav from the great respect he had to Rav, he knew Rav knew the whole title on the tip of his tongue. And there is what he felt a Braisa that contradicts this din. So he says, you know why Rav said the statement? Because he was tired, he was falling asleep. And this is a compliment. It's only because, Amina Kinoyim Vishachim Rav, it was only because Rav was drifting off into sleep. Omar the Hashemaitza did he make that statement? Because it contradicts a Braisa. What's the price of the time we learned? Amar Abakiva, Meprema Amra Teira Tavach or Umachar, Meshalam Tashlumi Abar Vachamisha. Why is there this huge penalty beyond Kefal of paying four or five times? So Abakiva said the words, Mipnei Shenishtadesh Bechet, because he became rooted in sin. Now the Havamina here, look inside the Rashi, the last Rashi in the Amid, Shenishtadesh. Asa Shirashim, he made the sin take root. Kaloimer, Nishazik Bechait, the hate became worse. Shekinoi, because the act of selling it, the act of slaughtering it, allows the Ganav to acquire it. Umahanu Maisab, now it became even more. Now he Mamish owned it. So one second, that's what Rabbi Kiva says. And it was the act of selling it. What does selling do? Selling it, it makes a Shinoi, it goes to another Rishus. If you, make, if you shecht it, you make an actual change in the animal. So now the Ganaf acquired it, so the sin became worse, so the Ganaf has to pay more penalty. Asks the Gemara Amos, well, hold on. If we're speaking about a case that, that it's Lifna Yish, the original owner did not give up hope, Tafsamaches, Mi Ike Nishtaresh. You who understand Nishtaresh means that the sin now became more effective, meaning that the Ganaf now owns it, no one holds that if the owner did not have Yush, even if there was a Shinoi, a Shinoi Maisa, you shechted it, or Shinoi Rishus, without Yush, no one acquired it. It still belongs to the first owner. So for Rabbi Kiva to say the words, Shenishtoresh Bechet, that the Ganav's, like the Havamin, like Rashi says, that the Ganav's action of either Tvicha or Mechidam made the sin greater, because now he acquired it, he will not acquire it even through a Shinoi, if there's no Yush. El oh, Elot must be that the owner had Yush. Now, what does it do? It's a very good shlema. If Yush is kinda, so then Tvicho Mechido did nothing. But if we're not going to accept Shitas Rav, here, we're not going to accept Shitas Rav, if Yush, like Rav Yosef, in itself, Taka doesn't do anything. But Yush and the Shinoi, either Shinoi the Shus or a Shinoi, will affect an acquisition. Now, Rabbi Kiva makes sense. No, it's the Ganav didn't own it. I, the owner, had the Yush. Yush itself is not Kainah. But now that the Ganav sold it, or he shechted it, now the Ganav acquired it, so he made the sin worse, so now pay a bigger penalty. That Yush itself is Kani. Again, what did selling do it? He already owned it. Doesn't that not prove that Yush is not Kainah? So they said in Yeshiva Amri, no, 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 no. Yush is Kainah. And you know what? According to this, if Yush is Kaina, the big thing we're learning now, if Reuven stole my cup, Reuven stole my axe, and I despaired, and I despaired, what does he owe me? Kefal. No debate. But if he shechts it now, he doesn't owe me Hamisha. If he sells it, he does not owe me Hamisha. Because the moment there is Yush, it's not mine anymore. 
You know when he's chayv to pay me a bar v'chamisha? Only in the case where I had no yush. The only problem is, what does Rabbi Kiva mean with the words, like we mentioned, if the din of our Baba Hamish is only when there is no Yush, so, so there's no Yush, he didn't acquire it. And the Gemara says, correct, Nishtarish Bechay does not mean the way you understood it. It's not the way in the Havamina Rashi explained that now the Ganaf owns it more. The Ganaf never owns it. If there's no Yush, it's always mine. Let's read it inside. Omri, they said, Kena Omar Rava. Just like Rava explained. Now, Mir Tzashem, we're going to have Rava on the bottom of Samaches Amadalaf. So we'll get to that when we learn Samaches. Just like Rava explained in the latter case, that Nishtarish doesn't mean that he acquires it or that halachically he becomes more connected to it. Pashit, Shanishtarish Bechet means that when a person sins once and they repeat the sin again, so they are a greater sinner. You know, it's the Ghana already stole it from me. By the way, it's still mine. There's no use. Now that he takes my article and he changes it, he wronged me again. Let's use the words of the Nesivas. When he stole it the first time, what did the Ghana do to me? It was in Maidashus. And he wrongfully took it out of Maidashus. Now that he shechts it, you know what he did? Now the article itself is not even here in the world anymore. What I had is no longer, I had a living animal, now the animal is a geshacht and an animal. So that's the meaning of Shoshana Bechet. Hachinam ibn Shoshana Bechet. But clearly, but the din of Tvicha Umechira, Lashita Srav, is only Lifne Yehush, because Take, if there was Yehush, since Rav holds Yehush is Koine, so now the Ganaf owns it, Shaloyhu Teveyach. And very similar, let's chaparai in one more uh, attempted question. Tashima, another attempted question against Shitas Rav, that Yush is kind of. And by the way, all these questions could have been asked against the uh, Rav. But in Yeshiva, that's just the way it worked. That's what the Rishayim say. That, you know, Rav taught the Din. Rav, when Rav was the one teaching, so in Yeshiva they were challenging Rav from these prices. But the same questions and the same answers will go on Rav. Tashima, we learned in Abraisa, Utavachai. Oy mecharoi, says the Braiso, ma tvicha, is an act, she'enoi chayzeres, that's irreversible. Af mechira, is an act, she'enoi chayzeres. In other words, if there would be a sale that is invalid, a sale that will become reversible, that's not called a sale. And therefore you won't have this additional penalty of five or four. End of Braiso. Clarifies the one one second, Amos. Exactly what case are we speaking about? If it's Lifnei Yehush, if there is no Yush, am I Chizeres, like we spoke out. If I don't have Yush, even if there was a Shinoi, Shinoi Maisa, there was a Shinoi Rishus, that will not take the animal out of the ownership of the first owner. I didn't have Yush. So think about it. If I didn't have Yush, I owned this animal, Reuven stole it, and Reuven sold it to Shimon. Will that be a sale that's standing, or that's a sale that won't be standing. It will be a sale that will never stand. Because if since it belongs to me, it's going to come back to me. Yeah, One second. Tvich, we're good. Tvich, we understand. Tvich is something physical. Tvich is something irreversible. But Mechira, if there was no Yehush, all sales are reversible. Because it belongs to the original El. It must be Lacha Yehush. So again, we have the Kasha. One second. If Yehush is kind of... Then the Ganaf owns it already. If the Ganaf owns it already, then whose animal did he sell? He sold his animal. Why don't we say, 
Same question, again answers the Gemara, as we're going to see later, again on this Ahmed, that Rav Nachman explained for another din. When we're speaking about a mechiro she'enor chezeres versus a mechiro chezeres, it doesn't mean a legally proper act of sale. You know, a legal sale or an illegal sale. No, no, no. It means there's something that we call today in English a lease. You know, I sell you something for a period of time. Or you can even call it a rental. That's the meaning of a mechiro she'enor chezeres. That's what it means. Hachinami... If there was Yehush, I can speak it out by heart, according to Shittas Rav and to Shittas Rabbah, whenever there is Yehush, there is no din of Dalad Vehei. Because if the Ganav owns it, so then Shaloi Yehutei Vehech, Shaloi Yehmoichet. The Brai says, Dafka is speaking about Lifna Yehush. And yes, legally, Lifna Yehush, all sales are reversible. But that doesn't matter. The Torah nonetheless says that if a person sells it, using the words of Rabbi Kiva, which means you repeated the sin, Shana means you repeated it, you're going to get penalized. What's Pshat? The Bryce is telling you that if a person steals an animal and the owner doesn't have a use, Reuven is a Ganif, and Reuven sells it to Shimon for 30 days, we'll call that a rental or a lease. Since he only sold it to him temporarily, he won't have the penalty of paying, uh, you know, five bucks. When does the trader penalize him? Not because he owned it. When do we say that he has to pay the penalty? When he, he attempted to make a permanent sale. And thank God we hopped him. And the owner didn't have use. And the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the land goes back to the first owner. On top of that, he has to add another four for an ox and another three for a lamb. Just to repeat that, the five and the four is not in addition to the principle. Just like kefal means the original plus one, not plus two. So if he stole an ox, he gets, I get back two oxen, not three. Arba, v'chamisha means I get back with the original one, I end up with five or with four. The, that's only when the mechira is permanent and not a temporary mechira, a 30-day mechira. If he sells it for a 30-day sale, then he won't be penalized the, uh, the Hamish or the Arba, Emirates Hashem to be continued.